0: Welcome back to the Full Court Podcast. If you're making it here to our third episode, we just want to say, <clears throat> sorry, well, not sorry, but we appreciate you. Uh, we're coming here to you guys on a Monday night. It is 836. Uh, we try to record Sunday nights, but Angus was feeling a little under weather, under the weather.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I am feeling under weather. So my apologies ahead of time. If you hear that I'm congested or maybe I, I sniffle a bit, My apologies.
0: I told him it doesn't really sound that bad, but he's all insecure and shit. We just just had the all-star weekend over the weekend. Um, Our Kings guys, we had Kevin Herter, Darren Fox, Sabonis, Kevin Herter in the three-point contest, whopping eight buckets. Like, come on, bro. Hey, Come on, bro. Don't
1: sleep on Keegan Murray. You forgot to include him in that. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sorry. Man, yeah, Keegan Murray in the Rising Stars Challenge. You know, game-winning bucket. Did you, did you like the format of the Rising Stars Challenge? I thought it was interesting.
1: I think they should do that with, like, the actual NBA stars. Like, it'll be, like, 1v1. But I feel like uh, players won't go 1v1. But if you give them an opportunity to go 3-on-3, three three, they might try a little bit harder. Yeah.
0: There's talk. Well, honestly...
1: Half-court setting. Yeah.
0: Honestly, um... They were talk about them doing like 1v1 competitions. I thought, you know, the All Star game was kind of like a 1v1 the entire time. I mean, the best part Barely in my 1v1. Opinion. Yeah, it was barely a basketball game. If you heard what Mike Malone said after the game, uh, obviously that's a guy that cares about team basketball. If you watch every team that he's ever coached, they play t- team basketball. So for him to be coaching the All Star game, yeah, maybe that's not his thing, but <laughs> props to him. For the Nuggets, great record. No one had them at the number one spot. Um, but, yeah, back to the no All-Star Weekend. No one had
1: them at the number one spot?
0: Nobody had them at that. Maybe some people, but...
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm one of those sums.
0: <laughs> All right, Angus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... um, uh, Let's start with the dunk contest. I I didn't really get to watch the okay, whole thing. The dunk
1: contest. I did watch... I honestly All Star Weekend bores me so much sometimes. <laughs> but the dunk contest, Mac McClung, whenever he did a dunk, that's that's what kept me tuned in. The I don't know, at the three point contest after Kev Herder showed out the way he did, I I decided maybe All Star Weekend isn't meant for a Kings fan just yet.
0: Yeah. Dude, did Fox even score in the All Star game?
1: He missed a dunk. <laughs> God damn. But he said he was he wasn't trying to play that much
0: though. So yeah, I mean, if you are making that much money, I mean, these are the guys that are the highest paying guys in the league. You don't want to risk losing out on, you know, games because you got hurt in the All Star game, which would be dumb. <laughs> but that's like, true. But like LeBron, the quality <laughs> LeBron, of the game
1: is just so terrible.
0: It is terrible, and like I don't know, they they they've been trying to make it more competitive. With like the the point the point goal. Which the first year they did, it was really entertaining. I remember watching that game. I was like, even last Man. year. Yeah. Um
1: last year too was watchable. This this year was not watchable. I actually fell asleep during it.
0: <laughs> did you like the picking teams? Did you like that aspect?
1: I liked that aspect, but I felt like it took way too much time. It did take a long time. Cause the pro the program started at three thirty, tip off wasn't until like six.
0: Yeah. They had a whole ass concert in between.
1: That someone someone pointed that out as one of the mistakes. They're saying that having a concert be- before the game doesn't really get players like zoned in to play natural NBA game.
0: Yeah, it was pro- they're probably because such
1: a long time.
0: Yeah, they're probably thinking about giving them time to you know like mesh or whatever. But if they can't be on the court, there's no meshing going on. So it's like you're yeah. just kind of prolonging the game. And guys aren't really stretching, warming up. They're not taking it serious. It's not fun to watch. Definitely not. But I do want to say about the dunk contest. Like I, I had Trey Murphy winning going into it. I know the all the hype about Mac McClung, but Trey Murphy, if you guys don't, I know you guys don't watch the Pelicans. I know you guys don't because <laughs> who watches the Pelicans except for my dad. He loves Zion. But uh, Trey Murphy has some crazy in-game dunks. Crazy. If If you don't know, go look it up. I think he had like two dunks against the Nuggets. Where this man, you don't really know how long he is until he's in the air. And he's like, you know, tomahawk dunking. And it's like, man, this guy, he's like six nine, six eight, seven foot wingspan. He's like
1: if Herb Jones could
0: shoot. Yeah. Yeah, and people don't even know he can shoot. Like, he could have easily been in the three-point contest this year.
1: He should have been. Why was Julius Randle in that thing?
0: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Man, Kevin Herter with a solid eight. That was disappointing. But my boy, Dame got the dub uh oh yeah <laughs> we're supposed to start it off with this last podcast we were talking about we got a question uh from your boy he asked us who our favorite player was and i went on a whole tangent talking about damian lillard and i moved on to and the next, about me <laughs> the next subject me. i totally forgot to ask you so real quick angus who's your favorite nba player of all time
1: Bro, you for real left me like Quinn Cook after the <laughs> Lakers won the championship. All right, but my favorite player is probably Kawhi. I oh. had to choose between him or PG, but Kawhi is just my favorite player. I think inside he's a real killer, but he just doesn't have, like, the dramatics that comes with it. He's that That's why Kawhi—I mean, Keegan Murray reminds me a lot of Kawhi. They have that inner killer. But, like, people forget that 2016-2017 season is what really put me on Kawhi. The way that he led the Spurs, uh, they were only six games behind the Warriors in the standings, and that was the first season with Steph Curry and KD on the Warriors. So I thought that was
0: really impressive. Damn, I didn't know Kawhi was your favorite player. I didn't know PG was in that mix either. Of course, PG in that
1: mix. I bro, I have his shoes.
0: I know. Every time I talk shit about him, you're quick to fucking defend him.
1: <laughs> I'm so, I'm so quick to defend PG, bro. How do you not know? And Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday's in that mix. No,
0: too. I know Drew Holiday is one of your favorite players. You like those, you like those defensive yeah. guys. Like, I respect that. Yeah,
1: I like those dudes. I like those dudes because I play defense before, never in a, like a highly competitive game. But I play defense before, and that's so tiring. And then for them to still be able to produce that much on offense is impressive to me.
0: It's yeah, it's definitely you know if you have ever been on a court and like you know pick a ball is something else, but. Being on the court in a competitive game, like especially like high school, college, and up, it's like you, defense is such a big deal. If you ever played like competitive sports, like a, with the actual coach that actually like you know actually cares about winning, if you don't play defense, you're not playing. So,
1: and even in pickup games, playing defense is hard. When you have to, when you're playing against guys that are actually good, and you actually have to try a little bit, you'll realize just how hard it is to play defense
0: yeah but guys i can do both it's yeah it's respectable it's annoying to watch honestly like pg i like pg's game but i don't really like drew holiday's game it's just i don't know like i I can't talk bad about him because he does everything good but it's like
1: it's not aesthetically pleasing i don't like watching
0: exact i don't like watching him play i like i can't root for the guy tim duncan He's
1: guard yeah. Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan's one of my favorite players of all time. That 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 shows you a th- couple of things about me.
0: Yeah, guys, if you ever get to play Angus, first of all, he can't guard me. No matter how much he talks about his <laughs> defense, man's cannot guard me. So when we have a, when we start our YouTube, we will start we will have a YouTube at some point uh, when we start that shit. At some I'm point, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask y'all if y'all want to see that one v one, because bro. This
1: past weekend I sauced it. on Connor. Connor's our hometown friend. Connor's our hometown friend and he sauced on me and I sauced on him. Connor's this not past hooper, weekend. Yo, I was making Connor. heavy heavy Jays.
0: Um uh, big tra- not trade. Oh my god, I almost said trade. But uh the Utah Jazz just bought out Russ. Um imagine, bro. I don't really know how buyouts work, but I can I can imagine that you just get your whole contract up front.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> it's less, though. You just get the rest of your guaranteed uh, money up front for whoever's remaining of the season. And since more than half the season's remaining, the Jazz just basically paid him like $18 million and told him to get the hell out of Utah.
0: That's crazy, bro. Just imagine <laughs> $18 million, just like, boom. You got $18 million.
1: But Russ, Russ is so bad that they're paying him money to not play for them.
0: <laughs> Jazz kind of blew it up. But uh, I want to was it so surprised to you? Cause I know we had the heat. They were thinking about, uh, I liked the idea of him going to the heat. Cause I remember last week I told you, I was like, bro, what team's going to want him. And then when I thought, when I heard about the heat, I was like, that could work. Cause if he's going to play for the heat, that means he has agreed under Eric Spolstra to play under a certain role, you know, cause Eric Spolstra is not going to give Russ 40 minutes, like do whatever the hell you want. He's built too much in Miami. So I liked that idea. Um, I know that he got ties with PG, and PG was vouching for him. Was this a surprise to you?
1: This this was not a surprise for me because of the way that Kawhi and PG vouched for him. And then when I think about it some more, I don't think he's going to take Terrence Mann's spot in the starting lineup because Terrence Mann has been doing great as a de facto point guard because what he does is facilitate the offense. And when you have Russell Westbrook, he's such a wild card that you don't know if he's going to be able to do just that, just his role. He's going to want to do his own thing. He's going to want to take over. And that's something that, something that you got to have off the bench to, to yeah. give that spark because the Clippers bench sometimes has no spark at all, especially Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's a great shooter, but he's not someone that adds some dynamics to the offense.
0: Well, they don't have Luke Kennard anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm saying that they basically got rid of Luke Kennard to make up room for
0: Westbrook. Westbrook and his backboard middies.
1: <laughs> and, and like, it's basically a low risk. Potentially high reward, maybe low reward move.
0: That's that's best case scenario though, right?
1: That that is the best case scenario because the Clippers fixed what they needed to do the most, which was uh backup big. Cause they for a long time they had Marcus Morris playing the backup center or Robert Covington, and then added Mason Plemley, which I think is a great move. But um that, that's their biggest issue for me. It was just interior bigs and just a little spark on offense. And they got Eric Gordon too. Eric Gordon and Westbrook played together in Houston.
0: I like Eric Gordon, even now. Like, that's what I'm talking. Like, especially now, like the way I think the Rockets kind of like rest him on back to backs, just because you know they're not really trying to win. But this guy can still play. Like he he's a good
1: really... fourth option. Yeah. Maybe even a sixth man. He that was that was his best season when he was sixth man the year with the Rockets.
0: So how many how many minutes do you think Russ is getting a night?
1: I think he's going to be one of those role players, similar to how Terrence Davis is for the Kings. Like, some nights he'll get 14 minutes, some nights he'll get extended run 25 minutes, but then there's some nights where he only gets 8 minutes. He's basically a role player at this point in his career because you don't want him handling the ball too much.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's give him credit. The role he had off the bench in Los Angeles, like, he was doing a pretty good job. He was being productive off the bench. Uh, he kind of got couldn't off. But you play him in crunch time. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's true. They don't. The
1: Clippers don't need Westbrook to play in crunch time because they have other players like Terrence Mann and Norman Powell and even Eric Gordon in that mix. Because everybody knows that in crunch time you're going to go to your two stars, Kawhi and PG. Yeah,
0: and Ty Lue is too smart to just throw Russ in there. You know, I also think that you you you're Russ. If you're Russ, uh, you know you have the respect of your teammates. Mainly the two, you know, you know the heads of the snake. well, that doesn't make sense, but you know the two main guys, and rest, in PG and and uh, Kawhi. If you if if Russ knows that these two guys respect me, I think that's a big the part. Will of fall him in take, line. Yeah, he's he's going to take us. He's okay with taking a smaller role and and doing what the team needs because he knows, you know, like these guys still respect me. You know, I can I can fall back and be a little more comfortable. Even though he's still in Los Angeles, he's not on the Lakers, and that's a huge deal.
1: That's a huge load off his shoulders for sure, because he was really getting threats sent to his wife by L- Laker fans who are crazier than Clipper fans.
0: Yeah, it that it's just you know people the Lakers does the Lakers fan base. <laughs> I don't so I don't like the Lakers man.
1: <laughs> the Lakers have probably the worst fans in NBA
0: history. Honestly, though, I really hope it works out for Russ. I really. I could see I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast they were saying like Russ could be that guy that you know one game in the playoffs he just takes over has like 30 points just one game you know and they they win that game because of that push that that random push they get from Russ you know
1: Yes but then they also lose a game because of a a turnover from that's Russ That's
0: true but that's what you, that's the give and take you know he's not going to give you, he's not going to play 40, 40 minutes a night he's going to give you you know good 20 25 minutes on a good night you know and and they just you got a trust lot
1: trust him in a playoff game
0: I would trust him to run the bench because, well, you got to see what he looks like. If if he if he I think I have a feeling this guy will buy in, and if he can, if Ty Lue and I I try I like Ty Lu. I used to not like Ty Lu when LeBron was coaching him, um, but ever since he's he's definitely grown as a coach and he definitely knows how to. He's run learned rotations. a lot from LeBron. Yeah, LeBron is a genius. So I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know, but. If Russ can buy in, find a role on that team, and not hurt the team, that's the biggest thing. If he can't, if he can, be productive and not hurt the team, which we have seen him do off the bench this season, if he can just kind of continue doing that, um, this could be a good spot for Russ. I hope it works out. Uh, but speaking of Russ, uh, Russ and Kyrie, there's a lot of speculation. Around these players when they go to new teams. Um, one question I got for you, man. Yeah, who is more of a risk? Obviously, both of these guys can be assets on your teams. Yeah, but which player is more of a risk? Um, Kyrie or Russ? Come
1: on, man, you already know my answer. I already know um. your answer. You already know that Kyrie is my biggest NBA red flag. Kyrie and Russell Westbrook, so really this this whole segment right now is triggering me. <laughs> but Kyrie is the biggest risk because he, he still provides you so much value on the basketball court. He could be the missing piece a team needs to become a contender. That's how good he is on the court. But it's the it's fact that there's no rules set in place for Kyrie to stay on a single team or to not cause drama. And you're gonna have to give him five years to hundred million because that's what he's asking, or maybe four years, and you're gonna commit that much money to a guy for that long, and then he still has one of the worst availability in league history. Yeah. Unavailable unavailability for like multiple reasons too. Whether it's health, uh, suspension, or just or just being an overall distraction
0: to the team. Well, man, I know we could get into it about Kyrie, but we're not gonna do that. Uh, forget about his absences for a little bit when Kyrie is on the floor in the playoffs and the Mavs are going to be in the playoffs yes they are I want to talk about 2021 playoffs uh Eastern Conference semifinals Bucks against the Bucks versus Nets James Harden played like the first couple of games but he wasn't really playing. He was kind of just out there. He had that hamstring injury he was dealing with. So, it was Kyrie and KD running the show against a healthy Bucks team. A really good Bucks team that year. Uh, healthy Drew, healthy Chris Middleton, healthy Giannis. Obviously they go on to win the championship. But I want to talk about those first two games. Absolutely smacked them. They they made the Bucs look like a
1: bad team man. I was like they were up by like 50 points in one of the games I believe.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sorry I'm looking it up right. real quick. But yeah. First game they win by 8. Second game they win by 39 points. Yeah. And then Kyrie goes down with the right That's... ankle sprain. And then KD basically wins one by himself, and then they lose three, and they get sent home because KD's foot was on the line. But if you look at that Nets team, man, they, hadn't, they had they don't – tell me if you disagree. I, they had close to no depth, man. Harden was out. Uh, they had just they traded had no for depth. this big, they big trade, three.
1: They traded all their depth for all three of their stars.
0: Exactly. But, man, when Kyrie and Kevin Durant are healthy and bought in and in, in competing – it's the thing about um, Kyrie. Mike, Mike Malone said, uh, you know, the game was trash, but, you know, give props to Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving because those guys are competitors and they were trying to make the game interesting. That came straight out of Mike, Mike Malone's mouth. Maybe not word for word, but that's what he said. And when you think about it, when Kyrie is bought in, you know, forget about all the other stuff. When he's on the floor, this man loves basketball. Loves it. He will yeah, compete. He does, He's winning he the best. He does make the game look
1: like it's too easy.
0: He makes it look so easy. You can throw doubles at him. You can throw the best defender on him. This man is going to will himself to score. And it's so pretty to watch. Same with Kevin Durant. You could argue that Kyrie is a is a bigger competitor than than Durant. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna start that.
1: Uh, don't I'm not that. gonna start that. Don't. I'm not gonna
0: start that. I'm not gonna start that. But my point is yes, R- Kyrie is risky because of his track history. But at the same time, the potential reward could outweigh the risk. Yeah, and no, I don't
1: know—extremely high risk, high reward. All right, but the thing is, like, this time it's—is his last contract of his
0: career, probably.
1: He's looking for the big bucks. Like, yeah, and he's playing 50 million like dollars a year.
0: He's playing like he should get those big bucks. You know the he games. Is- Playing like that, he's playing so good this but year. But the
1: thing is, he he's doing this for the first couple of games. Like he was leading the Nets for the first time since Durant got out. And after a, just a handful of games, a small sample size of games, he wants to ask for an extension. Like that shit does not sit right with me. Like you should be able to prove yourself for at least like more than ten games. It was it was more than of ten games. After his tenure was was riddled with uh, unavailability. I'm gonna need more than that for that uh, money. I I can't see him signing a contract longer than three years.
0: I could see Mark Cuban giving him four years. 170, 150 million, 160 million. Oh man, I got my <laughs> blood pressure up talking about Kyrie. Ah, dude, my point is you have you were you have Luka Doncic now and, and our whole point with depth with the Mavericks, they got none. They got no defenders. They got they barely that's got real. a center in Christian Wood. I know you hate Christian Wood. I don't. I I'm not a Christian huge. Wood. I'm not a huge fan of Christian Wood either.
1: Oh really? Because okay, I want everyone to know that <laughs> back then he he wanted me to name 15 centers are no 10 centers are better than Christian Wood, and I I named them all on the spot because he swear Christian Wood was top tier.
0: <laughs> okay, I had him on my fantasy team, so that's a little different. Okay, I was a little biased. <laughs> I wanted All him right. to play I, I, well. And
1: I showed a screenshot of Bobby Portis' stats next to Christian Wood, and they're damn near identical.
0: <laughs> but at the same, Bobby Portis is on a way better team. So you can't. Christian Wood was on the fucking Rockets, All
1: right? And he's still he's still not inflating his stats, dude. he's
0: selfish. His stats
1: should be higher if he's on the Rockets.
0: He's selfish. He's not a team player. He's a locker room problem. He's not. A, he's just not it, man. But yeah. So I think to sum it up, I think Kyrie. I don't know, Russ. Best case scenario we talked about it is a uh, low risk, low reward. Best case scenario. So because of that, because you don't have to play him, he's on minimum. Yeah, because of that, you know, we could argue that Kyrie is a higher risk. But with Kyrie, the thing about Kyrie and, and it doesn't, man. After all the things that happened with Kyrie and all this crap people were talking about him, he wants a trade and the whole league wants him. That says so much, you know. You got one the of the whole best- league. Okay, the you whole know what league. I mean. Not the whole league, but you got six or seven you teams. Know, there's a
1: like handful of teams. There are teams that have to come out and say that they're not interested in Kyrie. You got the Heat and the Sixers come out to say, okay, because not because, that because what you said, in like you
0: said, like you said, to get Kyrie, you have to give up so much. If he was a free agent, though, you don't think every team would want him. Every team would want him. It would. Every, it will, it, there would be at least three teams they that would ruin the him balance on their
1: current team. No team, no team will ruin their team to sign Kyrie. No team is going to trade that many players to clear up cap space to get Kyrie Irving.
0: No team, not that many. Some teams will. Yet, yet the Dallas Mavericks have him on the team, and they traded for him because they believe in him. And you see Luca and Kyrie, you know, fooling around on the All Star game. That's good to see, man. I love it. I love it. I really hope it works out. In Dallas. I think they're going to have a a shaky rest of the regular season. Because they do not have any sort of defense. But once this offense gels and meshes together. And Kyrie and Luka really know how to play off of each other. It's going to be freaking scary, man. It's going to be scary. You're hearing it it from the full court podcast. Enoch Lee's take. The Mavericks are going to be scary in the playoffs. I'm telling you right now. They're going to be scary. Okay. Luka. Took down the first seated sons by himself, and you throw Kyrie in the mix, and you don't think it's going to be better? I just
1: you can't you can't you can't
0: say it that way. Bro, but it's, it's that simple. It's directly. that simple.
1: The game is not that simple. There's so much nuance,
0: bro. You're playing the best defense in the league in the in the 2021 Milwaukee Bucks. You have no depth. You have Let's just say Katie is is Luca, okay? And you have Kyrie. No,
1: but they're different players. They're different players. To say Katie is like is to say that Katie is like
0: LeBron, we'll see or we'll Harden. See. Okay, we'll see. But that's my take. The Mavericks. Kyrie scary. couldn't
1: play next to Harden. I, I mean,
0: they did. They played very
1: well together. But Kyrie went missing, and then James Harden got mad. I
0: don't want to talk about James Harden. He's not worth. It. We don't talk about Ben Simmons, and we don't talk about James Harden in this podcast. Okay. Just get that straight. We we do not talk about Ben Simmons for sure. I made that rule. Oh God. We do not talk about Ben Simmons. I do not care. <laughs> we got to move on. KD had his introductory press conference for the Phoenix Suns uh, last week. Um, it was you know it was actually pretty good to watch. I I liked it. Um, I liked the fact that they did it in front of fans. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if do they do that a lot. Like do te- other teams do that or. It
1: depends on the team, honestly, but it's it's a sight to see because the new owner's trying to make the team closer to the city, which I respect.
0: Yeah, it was it was cool, you know. I I I don't think I've ever seen that before, but I, it was nice to see. Um, Katie had a lot to say. Uh, they asked him about his experience on the Nets. Um, they also asked him. Uh, you know, how he could fit in with the Suns. He <clears throat> he talked about how, uh, they asked about, you know, how do you think the fit is going to be with Devin Booker and you? And his response was pretty interesting. I talked about how him and Booker get to the same spots on the floor. And when you think about it, they, they both love that pull-up midi. They both can shoot. They both, they know how to get to their spots, regardless of being double-teamed, regardless of being the focal point of the defense defensive scheme regardless of all of that they know how to score and I think Kevin Durant's one of those players that just loves watching basketball loves you know
1: not just score but with the Suns you have two players who know how to make great decisions when faced with pressure and Chris Paul and Devin Booker yep KD plays well with good decision makers if you have players that make good decisions aka passing the ball you're gonna win a lot of games
0: yep um the uh it was funny dude the 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 owner of the suns he's obviously he's new to this uh it's funny to watch did you watch it or did you just listen to it i listened to it and i read it but if you watch it like in the beginning like he was kind of looking around like what do i do like he just looked like he was out of place and it's funny for a guy that just lands the, one of the best players in the league just kind of like not he just be humble looks like a humble guy and it's good to see. He probably is, man. Yeah, he probably is. But it's it's good to see. It's it's hard to think that this Sun stuff is gonna not work out with what they got around them, the players they have, the the new owner. It's hard to not. It's hard to see it not work out. You know, it's a great culture
1: to be in too. And like for KD, this is similar to him joining the Warriors, not in terms of him like backstabbing the OKC Thunder, but because he's joining an already established team with like the star player whose city is already established cuz like when KD went to the Warriors everybody knew that the Warriors were a Curry's team and when he's going to Phoenix everybody knows that Booker owns Phoenix that's that's D-Book's town nobody can take that from him like Kevin Durant is working as a I want to I want to say Robin because he's still KD but he's more of a side role but he's still the main character
0: No that's a that's a great point uh people if you don't know guys this is still Devin Booker's team. This is not Chris Paul's team. And KD knows that, and KD wants that. You know, he's he's that's why he makes a great teammate. And that's why he was able to mesh so well in the on on Golden State because he respects the game so much and he respects what Devin Booker has built here basically by himself. Um they were like the worst team in the league for his first first 4 years and he was averaging 25-26 a game and no one gave a shit. But they add Chris Paul and boom, uh, they are contenders. And Katie knows and, where. Katie knows what he got. And Katie
1: is going to a place where he's respecting the players. Like Katie has such a high regard for the game of basketball that when he sees people playing basketball in the most pure way, the most, the most fun way, that's a, something he must be a part of. Our back before the falling out, the complete fallout of the Nets. Uh, Katie has some things to say about James Harden coming to camp overweight and that apparently really ticked Katie off that I guess Harden didn't have the same passion of basketball in the same way he did
0: yeah and uh like I said Katie and Kyrie competitors uh you could tell the the the, the media was asking him questions trying to they talked about they asked him about the Brooklyn Nets and ex- his experience there trying to get him to say or talk shit about. You know, a couple people.
1: You have to do that. As a journalist, you have to do that. Ask the questions that make people uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, But I think his answers were very thought out. And, um, yeah, when asked about, you know, why didn't it work out in Brooklyn? What happened in Brooklyn? Uh, He said it was a lot of ups and downs. He said it was a grind. He said he enjoyed the grind. Uh, I love those guys on the court. They helped me through a lot. And the guys, um, you know, he got hurt. He was Kyrie was out of the lineup. Harden was in and out. Harden wasn't bought in. Uh, I would honestly, I want to know what guys he's talking about because <laughs> I'm well, afraid he,
1: that we'll never know until they write the book.
0: I know, right? But. Um, He said, you know, the main reason it didn't work out was the the reason we all know. They just didn't have enough games. They had a a total of 16 games uh, together. Harden, Kyrie, and KD. You got to wonder if this was like the greatest super team to never really make anything happen.
1: Wait, these players are great because of their ability, but another ability is unavailability. I mean, availability. That's a lot of abilities, but...
0: <laughs> You're right, he though. play
1: with two superstars that had no availability. Very little.
0: I know you don't like me bashing on the Nets management. But I don't. If Kyrie he and speaks of them in high regard, KD? Yeah,
1: KD spoke of them in high regard.
0: I didn't really get that, honestly. But, 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 but. Anyways, so what I was going to say. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because although you can't really blame the Nets management, there's nothing that came out with them doing anything or whatever. But they still had Kyrie and and Kevin Durant, and Kyrie wanted to leave. And it's kind of like, wh- why? If you both know what you can do together when you're on the floor, potentially win a chip a chip just you two. Like you know, you guys are capable of that. And he just kind of Kyrie just kind of said. See you later, Katie. Like I'm out of here, man. And, and I think man, politics. But here's the thing, bro. Why does Kevin Durant want to go out? Like in the beginning of the year, why does he want to leave? He he knows just as because well as Kyrie.
1: Because they wouldn't give Kyrie an extension. Because that's when Kyrie became extension eligible during the summer. So Kyrie didn't take an extension, and ex- instead he opted into his player option, which was pretty big news because that means he'd become an unrestricted free agent this coming summer. So him that de- declining the extension offer during the summer is what triggered Kevin Durant to request a trade cuz KD was just looking out for his friend Kyrie.
0: I see. I didn't know that. Um But yeah. There's got to be something going on with the GM, with the with the management and the Nets for both of them to want out. It can't just be oh Kyrie this, Kyrie that. No, it's like, you know, KD, we know isn't the most loyal guy. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't get shit for that because he's playing next to Kyrie, who everyone hates more than him. Um, but... Look at the players now in
1: Brooklyn. They seem to be enjoying each other. Yeah, honestly... And they just got together.
0: They're my favorite team to watch right now. I love watching the Brooklyn Nets. It just reminds how do you, me of...
1: How do you have that much team chemistry when their team just assembled less than a week and a half ago? Like, and... I think there's something in that culture that does matter, and it... You gain that culture back once you have no star egos to
0: feed. Yeah, they're all young guys. None of them are stars. I think that's the biggest thing. None of them
1: have egos, unless Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas has probably the biggest ego on the team.
0: Yeah, but I think you need a guy like Cam Thomas, at least one guy. You give you a spark off the bench when you need it the most. We're going to do a little the mini Cole game Bridges here. The
1: is a future of that team.
0: Oh, for sure. I 100% agree with you. Uh, future future all star, definitely. Maybe future All NBA player, probably. Always
1: available. That's his best ability.
0: No, his best ability is his fucking defense, man.
1: Bro, he plays all. He plays every single game. He hasn't missed a single game in his career.
0: Yeah, what about that forty-five point game he had the other day?
1: Oh, I know about it. He's on my fantasy team. Don't <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I know. You know. Him. I kept track of it.
0: Yeah. Well, he if if you watch that game, he looked really good, really comfortable. Uh, it wasn't like he was going iso. The ball was just flowing to him. And once he got going, there was no stopping him. And they got a lot of shooters on the outside. So when he gets going, they don't have to – he doesn't have to iso. And if he does iso, he can pass out. They have a lot of shooters.
1: Um Yes, and there's a reason why the Nets wouldn't trade him for four first-round picks to the Grizzlies. Like this – Mikkel Bridges is special. I can't believe that. Philly traded him on draft night to the Suns, and then the Suns traded him. I actually don't understand why the Suns would trade him for Kevin Durant. I would do that trade 10 times out of 10, actually.
0: Yes, they're in a win-now situation for sure. I couldn't tell you I'd give up Mikel in four first-round picks and Cam Johnson. That's just, to me, you already know my opinion. It's too much, but we got to move on. We have a little mini-game we're going to do. We might do this next week too, Um, but basically we picked three uh, nationally televised games Uh, that we are looking forward to watching. And we want... We're going to go... We have three games. We're going to go in order. Angus goes first. I go second. Angus goes third. Um, And we have three games. On each game, Angus, since he's going first, he's going to pick who he thinks is going to win that game. He's going to give us a reason why. And I'm going to argue for the opposite. And uh, next week, we'll come back to these and see who won, who had the best... uh, Best takes on these games. I feel like I'm feeling good about this. Even though Angus has two first picks. And I
1: hope the internet freaking clips us, and then we'll end up on freezing cold takes or something on Twitter.
0: (laughs) All right. So the first game, uh, we have the 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, This one is is in Philly. Boston at
1: Philly. All right. You already so know. So, Angus, your I, pick. I, all right. I, I think I got the Celtics beating the Sixers pretty handily <laughs> in this one. Uh, I just think that the Celtics in their history of guarding Joel Embiid, they've always done a great job even in the playoffs. And, like, they do it as a team. They do everything as a team. And they're one of the hottest teams in the Eastern Conference right now, second to the Bucks, And they're operating on a real, real vibe. Right, Especially with Derek White being injured and still choosing to play through it for the team. That that shows you something. They got a brotherhood over there and that they're trying to recover after last year's playoff loss. It, it kind of reminds me of um the 2014 San Antonio Spurs, the way they play so together. And they have better quality depth. I think their bench will absolutely tear up Philly's bench.
0: They're one of the deepest teams in the league. It's really hard to argue against the Celtics, but since I have to... I'm gonna go with the Sixers. Um like, shoot, how did I I didn't see that coming? <laughs> My the only argument I could come up with is uh with the addition of Jalen McDaniels, you have one more guy that you can slap on either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and slow them down a little bit. Uh because That's a you, great didn't, point. you didn't have a guy like Jalen McDaniels before. I mean you did, but you traded him away and he'd never played in Matisse. But now you have a guy that can help you on the offensive side of the floor. And then on the defensive side, they would probably stick him on Tatum because it's basically the same height difference. And you've seen Tatum struggle against these taller defenders that can play with their hands, Uh, you know, get their hands in that uncomfortable position when you're about to pull up, you know, fake poke at it, Uh, active hands. You're not just have your hands up lazily. Like people, good defenders are showing hands everywhere, in the face, on the ball, they're not even really reaching. They're just showing their hands to get them bothered. So they're out of rhythm. And you've seen Tatum really struggle. The main guy I'm thinking of is Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins absolutely clamped down Tatum. Absolutely cl- And not just in the, the finals. Like, they played this year, and Tatum has having a crap game. Because Andrew Wiggins, is as a great defender... And because of that, I think, you know, if you have a Jalen McDaniels, I don't think he's maybe on Andrew Wiggins' level, but he's he's a good defender. And maybe you can slow either Tatum or Brown down to maybe only 25 points a game.
1: See, size matters, all right? I, I hate the discussion about three-guard lineups working. When have you seen three-guard lineups win an NBA playoff game or a series? You need more size, and that's what the Sixers added. That's a great point. I completely forgot about that point. And you reminded me of that trade. That absolute travesty of a trade
0: for the Hornets. <laughs> All right, so our second game. All right, so Angus picked Boston. I picked 76ers. We'll see how that works out. Our second game, we have the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. This one is in Milwaukee. Uh, I'm going first. <laughs> I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns. My biggest thing. The Suns. Yeah, the Bucks are a good team. Don't get me wrong. But with this whole wrist injury with Giannis, uh, it's looking very unlikely he will play. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think this is a great thing for the Bucs, and here's why. Chris Middleton is starting to ramp up, and now you get rid of Giannis. You don't get rid of Giannis, but Giannis is hurt. And from what I'm hearing is he's going to have treatment until the pain goes down. So Giannis can kind of play whenever he wants. It's just a matter of pain tolerance. But you give Chris Middleton a couple games to be the number one focal point in their offense, and I think that will—closer to playoffs now. You're ramping up towards playoffs, and this is I think this is the best thing for the Bucs. I still think they're going to lose— um hopefully Durant's back but even if Durant isn't back uh I think you're they're gonna lose (laughs) Devin Booker is back Devin Booker's been on is going to start cooking if y'all don't remember what he was doing before he got hurt uh he was looking like the fucking MVP um gave our Sacramento Kings 40 made it look ridiculously easy way too easy but yeah I got the Suns (laughs) <laughs> you make
1: a very compelling argument. And honestly, I can't fully disagree with you, but but in this 2021 NBA Finals rematch, give me the bucks. All right, This team is on a 12-game winning streak right now, yep. and that's incredibly hard to do. And they have a pretty tough schedule. And it, it, this is a team that's been through so many fires together that, that really, if one star player is out, everyone will step up because you don't win 12 games in a row just for one player. You nope. win as a team. Yep. And and during these 12 games runs, Chris Middleton has only been getting 20 to 25 minutes per game. You just ramp up the production, and this is post-All-Star break, so she, he should have pretty rest. Yep. And he should be more conditioned to go out and play. And he's proven time to time that he can be the best player on this team because there's so many pieces on this team still that contribute to the, their main star players because Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, you know what they can provide. Uh, Drew Holiday was an All-Star this year, and Chris Middleton is an All-NBA caliber player. And you add in Jay Crowder, who, who's a really plug-and-play player, and he can play that power forward position as he did in Phoenix. So yeah. you're really starting a, a lineup with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, and you saw Brook Lopez, who's one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. And, yeah. and don't forget that Joe Ingles can run an offense, too. Yeah. He's a little bit slower this year, but he still gives you that, that edge that you
0: need to win games. I love Joe Ingles. You know this. Uncle Joe.
1: Uncle Joe, you give him some opportunity. Guess who's going to do? He's going to make the most out of it. And really, you need you need the eight points, like three assists, four rebounds from him. And that that that's a lot on a playoff team.
0: He's like, if you look at the box score with Joe Ingles, it's like he didn't do anything. But you watch the game; it's a completely different story. So he just everything he does on the offensive side of the court is just efficient and it looks good.
1: He's just so sneaky on defense. He'll get that little poke steal before before
0: we probably bothers defenders. Yeah, before we get into the third game, I do want to give the Bucks some credit because they started the season kind of shaky. Uh, No Chris Middleton, obviously. Uh, And Giannis kind of started the season not too great. Uh, We saw a lot of jump shots because everyone's talking about – and I used to not respect – I used to be on the whole boat about – Harden was like, oh, he's not a real basketball player. You know, all that crap. I Ever since they won the finals in that he had that block on Aiton, I have respected this shit out of Giannis because this man doesn't care. He's going to put his body on the line. He's going to try to win. I just want to give the Bucks some credit. I want to give Boone... Uh, I don't know how to say his name. but <laughs> Boonehouser. <laughs> their coach. Coach Bud. Coach Bud. Coach Bud. <laughs> They, I want to give them some credit because the fact that they're sitting at the number 1 of the East, I could not tell you that they were going to do that with no Chris Middleton, with Giannis struggling at the beginning of the season. Give Giannis and the Bucks and Bootenhauser, give them some fucking credit because they deserve it. I couldn't talk I I couldn't and have, No Bobby I, Portis. No Bobby Portis for this yeah. whole time. Uh yeah, but um yeah, third game. We have the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Dallas Mavericks. This is my favorite one. Unfortunately, Angus will be going first. Angus Honestly. Yes. Don't don't pick because and this Christmas Day rematch. No, I want you to I want you to tell me who you really honestly think is going to win that game. This Christmas
1: Day rematch, I have the Lakers winning this game. Oh. Right. This is this is the first matchup between LeBron and Kyrie this season, I believe. And you know what LeBron's going to do to Kyrie? He's going to make him what? wish not not coming to LA. He's going to make him want to come to LA this summer. Is LeBron this LeBron is a play? Big recruiting. This is I'll that's a good question. That's but why this is what Rob Palenka was talking about pre-agency. LeBron, this is this is pre-agency. Rob Palenka is laying the groundwork to re-sign Kyrie. To I mean to sign Kyrie to the Lakers in the summer.
0: Yeah, I I mean, if LeBron doesn't play, it's a wrap.
1: <laughs> like, come on! I think this team can win. They got they got competitors. That's the one of the best parts about this Lakers team this season. They have shown that they can be competitive. But they just don't have the right pieces that help them win games.
0: So, you take the Lakers. Any more arguments for the Lakers? I'll take the Lakers. Give me uh, another argument. They have argument. size now. Give me another argument. Because they, they have, have size nine now, nine which is
1: something they didn't have to beat to beat Luka back on Christmas Day. They didn't have Rui Hachimura. And they didn't have okay. um, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Some size to throw on Luka Doncic. Because
0: that's how you, you got to beat up Luka. You got to fatigue him with size. Yeah. I really like, like I told you in the last pod, I really like this D'Angelo Russell move. We've seen a couple of games with him on the Lakers, especially that one game that all of them were, were healthy. The starting lineup was D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. That's a playoff lineup, man.
1: That That's the best team
0: Anthony Davis has
1: had. Like, if, you, if that was a team around New Orleans, he would not request a trade to the Lakers.
0: Yeah. This... They look really good, and D'Angelo Russell adds so much to the offense. Jared Vanderbilt looks like an asset, and it's because of D'Angelo Russell. Anthony Davis yeah. looks like he doesn't it have is. to try for 40. He can score 26 and win, and it's because of D'Angelo Russell.
1: He adds so much. But I hope he doesn't get too comfortable not producing like that because he him to produce more in the playoffs.
0: No, he won't because he still has a lot to prove to this Laker fan base. He didn't leave on a good note. So he still needs these Lakers fans to buy into him, which will come with winning. But my argument, yeah. you said the Lakers, I got to go with Dallas. I got to go with my boy Kyrie Irving because, like you said, Kyrie might might not want to play for the Lakers after this season. Regardless if he wants to play or if he doesn't want to play for them, I got to have a chip on my shoulder if I'm Kyrie Irving. I'm giving them the Lakers 40. You think D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, he's going to give you a good game on the offensive side of the floor, but you think he's going to slow Kyrie Irving down? Hell no. You think Jared Vanderbilt's going to stop him on the uh, on the at the rim? Hell no. You think AD's going to jump to contest Kyrie Irving? Hell no. I That's got the, great. I got right, the so the Lakers'
1: game plan is just to make Kyrie Irving beat them. Alright, I'm taking the Lakers every single time.
0: Kyrie is going to score 40. Luca is going to have 12 assists. And the Mavs take this one. I think it might be a right, close game. Do you game. think
1: Luka and Kyrie will have gelled enough by the end of next week? Because they haven't looked gelled. I think it takes more than like three games to gel together.
0: I think so, too. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, but you could say the exact same thing about the Lakers. They looked really good. They were at home. They had a healthy team. They played before, though.
1: All four yeah. of those players have played before. D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt.
0: So has Kyrie I and Luca. Luka. In, Kyrie and Luka they put, has more, okay, no, they have more games. Don't,
1: they have more games back in Minnesota. They played together in Minnesota. Who? Beasley, Vando, and D'Lo. Kyrie yeah, and Luka have only played together for, like what, four games so far? That's Three, true. I did games?
0: not I did not think about that. That is true. Chemistry carries, bro. Uh, there was a whole year gap, though. I mean, Malik Beasley and Vander were...
1: Not even a year, like half a season. They were in a play-in game together, bro.
0: You're right. That's a good argument. Um... But like I said last week, star power matters. And in this game, star I think... Star power does matter. It is it is a nationally televised game. Players tend to try a little harder. They try not to make as many mistakes because they're being watched by millions of people. And Kyrie loves to play under the lights, man. This guy...
1: Okay, but who's, who's the best player out of the three? Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, and Luka Doncic. Who's the best when they're at their best on that national TV stage?
0: Ooh, it's definitely not Kyrie Irving. Out of those three, at the best and the best level, I I have seen AD look like the most unstoppable player in the league. Ever. Like I just man dominates the game on both ends sometimes. But when he does that, he's like crashing and it's kind of it's kind of like you're holding your breath. You know, you're like, slow it down. You know, we I love that you're playing this hard. I love the production, but slow it down, man. We don't want you getting hurt. But yeah. I mean I got I got Mavs. Yeah, that's I think Luka's yeah, going to do his thing. Okay. Luka's going to do his thing, man. And Kyrie respects the hell out of Luka. Kyrie's going to let Luka do his thing. Kyrie's going to get wide open shots. They're going to play off each other. Uh you I, I I think if the Mavericks do win, you need a, a a decent game from your your bench players like Tim Hardaway Jr., Christian Wood, you need to you need to play Josh I Green. Heard, I heard this thing on I forgot what podcast. I hate to not give them credit, but they said, man, why? They're not playing Christian Wood because he's, he's a crap defender. Yeah, we get that. But this is a crap defensive team. <laughs> so you got to buy into your strengths and just play First, Christian, Christian
1: Wood. Christian Wood is a selfish player. He doesn't make the extra pass to the corner for kickouts. He doesn't know when to give Kyrie or Luka the ball. Sometimes he just isos
0: too much for a big man. Then you take him out when he does stuff like that. You make him learn his lesson. But you got to have those guys on the floor together. Christian Wood... Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving. Because those are your three best offensive players, regardless of defense and whatever. They're the those are your best players.
1: But do you think Christian Wood will play to win you a game? Because he's on the last years of his contract. He's playing for production right now.
0: Yeah. But all of a sudden, everyone's talking about the Mavericks as newborn potential contenders. You don't you don't think Christian Wood hears this? Like like you don't think, oh, my team is way more in the spotlight than two weeks ago. Maybe maybe I should play a little better. Maybe my minutes are I'm losing minutes and my minutes are getting cut down. Maybe I should maybe I should, you know, give a damn.
1: I don't think he's that type of player. I think yeah I think he's motivated by the money a little too much for
0: this instance. Well if they resign Kyrie, he's not gonna be on that team, so
1: <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's the money they need to clear away. Yeah.
0: All right, so uh, 76ers-Boston. Angus chose Boston. He's probably going to get that one, but he had first pick, so who cares? Next week, actually, next week if we do this again, I will get first pick first, and then Angus will have first pick second, and then I'll have first pick third. But, yeah, Angus took Boston first game. I took Sixers. Uh, Second game, I took Suns. Angus took Bucks. That could go either way. We don't know. Uh, Lakers in Dallas. Angus took Lakers. I took Dallas. I'm getting that one. I'm getting that one. I'm getting that one. Well,
1: okay, we'll see. We'll check well, back
0: in uh, <laughs> a one week's time. Yeah, we will. Uh, you want to sneak in these conference picks, or you want to end it here?
1: <laughs> Let's just end it here. We this is, it here? this is this is post All
0: Star break, and I'm a little bit depressed with the way that the Kings showed out. Oh man, yeah. It's okay though. I, I'm just glad we had four guys in the All Star weekend. Almost. Yeah, I, dude. Also, I thought I it was funny. You have uh, you got two people were f-
1: acting like the Kings didn't deserve to be there.
0: I don't give a damn what people think about the Kings. If you're if bro, me and you have been Kings fans for way too long to give a crap about what the media says about the Kings. Come on, you're right. Come on.
1: Well, I mean, when when we do get media
0: attention, yeah, right. Um. Uh, I was just grateful to see Fox on the floor. I, when he got on the floor, I was actually uh, working. When the, I was just had the game on in the background, and uh, I saw I when when De'Aaron Fox subbed in, I just stopped doing everything. I was just like, I didn't even care. All I saw, I just saw him dish off to PG. PG brick the three, and then he missed the dunk, and that was like that was it for De'Aaron. But I don't care, man. I don't care. I've been rooting for this man to be an all star for him years.
1: Years, I loved it when he went to DAP Sabonis, and Pascal Siakam's right there. I was like, boy, what I would do for Pascal Siakam to be on the Kings, he would complete us. He will fit exactly what we're doing.
0: Yeah. One can only dream. But that's, that's going to wrap up dream. our podcast. If, if we're serious. Yes. We have to give up, Keegan. We have to give up a lot.
1: I know. I it's know. Just,
0: yeah, I don't know if I want to throw it all away for that. And if we were going to do something, we should have done it this year because Sabonis only has, like, what, a year left after this?
1: He he might like us enough. We're the best team he's ever played on so far.
0: Yeah, I told you that, too. I also told you the same thing about Barnes. I think Barnes might resign, because why wouldn't he? For cheap. For cheap. Hopefully. If we get it for
1: a budget, that would be crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, you guys, for listening to our episode. Um, We will actually be doing tune in next week uh we have 90 followers on our instagram shout out all of you i know there's only probably like 15 of you guys that are actually listening to our podcast and if you are one of those people i love you so much angus does too
1: i do too <laughs> even if you're from a different country my love extends out to you
0: facts bro i i looked at our rss feed There's like some guys in poland listen to us i was like shout out those because Pol- we got that walk in poland <laughs> Uh yeah, but um, at a hundred followers, so maybe by next week, next podcast, uh, we will be doing a giveaway. Um, uh, we're gonna be giving out ten dollars to uh, I'm gonna be doing like a shout out in the middle of the pod, like randomly, and then if you, it's gonna be like DM me a certain word, make sure you're following me, and I guess in the pod, and then I'll I'll uh I'll send. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about five or ten people send ten dollars, like a hundred dollar giveaway. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if only five of you guys <laughs> listen to the pod next week, and uh, I guess we're splitting that up five ways. So twenty bucks to all y'all. So, <laughs> but regardless, I just want to show our, our appreciation to the people that have been listening to us. Uh, we're not pros by any means. We're kind of doing this for fun, but you know, it, it it is nice when people listen. Yes, it is nice. Yeah but yeah hope to see you guys next week appreciate you guys Angus you got anything to say um take care y'all take care no you need to take care bro everyone wish Angus some some good health um but yeah that's gonna wrap it up love you guys see ya peace